Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Oh, here we go on a Sunday. It's The Marcus Warren Show, the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is to subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, Throughout the show, we will be offering our Retirement Rescue Game Plan. Now, that is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few easy-to-read financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you may be asking yourself, how do I get my hands on that, Marcus? Well, good question. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Now, um, a lot of things uh, to talk about, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things going on in the news. Um, You know what we're not going to talk about? We're not going to talk about the brawl in Montgomery, okay. Alabama. We're not going to talk okay. about uh, Trump's latest indictment. Okay. We're not going to talk about uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, his billionaire-funded vacations. We're not even going to talk about the fact that Barbie grossed over a billion dollars in the box office. Well, we're not we going to talk, talk about, about that. that. No, we we're not going to talk about that. Maybe we will. I don't know what we got for news you can use, but i tell you what. You know why we're not going to talk about it? Because we're a financial show, and we're going to talk about money because money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 All right, all right. So, uh, where do I want to start? I want to start. Um, I want to start here because you know um, you got a lot of uh, economists. Uh, really, last year, um, uh, early last year, uh, middle of last year, and of course, late last year. Uh, they were all predicting uh, pretty much the same thing. And what were they predicting, you asked? They were predicting this recession that was supposed to be coming, and we are still waiting uh, on uh, this recession uh, to come. And um, I, I talk about this all the time, you know, the fact that, you know, most folks, and when I say folks, I mean people, and when I say people, I mean People on Wall Street, uh, people on Main Street, uh, people on the TV stations who uh, prognosticate that they know what's going to happen with the economy, when all they really do is, is they're just kind of throwing stuff out there and kind of seeing what sticks. And so um, um, I went back and I was uh, scouring the interweb and, you know, I ran into uh, what, what uh, economists were predicting uh, as, as early or as late as December uh, of last year. And, um, 
you know, uh, you have uh, Moody Analytics, you have KPMG, you have Morningstar, you have uh, Merrill Lynch, all the analysts were predicting, and economists were predicting that we were going to have uh, this recession. Um, matter of fact, economists had been forecasting a recession pretty much all of last year. And most of them said they saw that there, we were going to have a recession early this year. And the idea was that the economy was going through a period of contraction and a recession was the consensus view among economists. As a matter of fact, just like I said, there was a chief economist for Moody's Analytics. And when you throw analytics in there, that means that, that the word analytics means that you're just, you know, you're right because it's, it's analytics. You, you can't argue analytics, right? And uh, uh, I'm not going to say the gentleman's name, but he basically said that, um, you know, when the Fed, that inflation picked up, which it did, and then the Fed responded by pushing up interest rates, which they did. And he says that is ultimately going to cave the economy under the weight of these higher interest rates. And, of course, um, we're still waiting on, on that recession. Um, a matter of fact, um, you know, he did say that, that usually recessions that they sneak up on us, um, that CEOs never talk about recessions. But now, he said uh, last December, that CEOs are falling all over themselves saying and predicting that we were going to be in a recession early this year. Every person on TV said there was re the recession was coming. Every economist says the recession was coming. A matter of fact, we had never seen anything like it. Um, most people don't know who uh, KPMG is, but they're a big accounting firm. And, of course, they have economists and accountants and CPAs and all that stuff. And what were they doing? They were doing the same thing. They were prognosticating that a recession was coming. Uh, the central bank, they forecasted that unemployment would rise this year from uh, all the way up to, to 4.6 from, uh, I think it was like 3.6 at the time. <laughs> did not happen. Did not happen. A matter of fact, um, that economist basically said that at the start of 2023, we are, we are uh, going to start with about 600 new jobs a month. And he says that now they're going to be cut down to 250,000 jobs. And he says, I think that early in 2023, we'll basically see jobs, new job growth at about $100,000, $100,000, 100,000 uh, jobs um, for that particular month. And matter of fact, uh, last, uh, last jobs report, we were up 339,000 jobs. So what's my point here? My point is that, you know, people are, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at these numbers, but no one really knows what's going to go on. And so why have and we hit this recession that everyone was actually it was unprecedented how many people were in agreement that early this year we would be in a uh, some sort of deep recession. And we haven't yet. Now, um, I want to talk about a few of those things on why we, you know, particularly are are not headed towards recession. We could still be headed towards recession. I, I never act like I know I'm not that dude. But um um, some of the reasons why, you know, we're all the way uh, in August and we haven't hit that recession. Um, a few different things. Just like I said, um, hiring uh, accelerated again last month. We added uh, 339,000 jobs. Um, and uh, the, the economy 
actually has continued to rise. The S&P 500, by the way, right? The stock market. Um, the stock market is up uh, almost 20% year to date. Um, and it's over and it's up over 9% over the last couple of months. So, you know, there's a lot of things uh, that are that's that's going on in the market. Um, you know, there's no recession so far this year. Um, you know, the Fed and they still are raising interest rates. Uh, the last uh, Fed meeting, uh, they raised they raised interest rates again. And generally, and generally speaking, you know, when you see interest rates rise, the way that uh, the Fed tries to combat uh, uh, inflation is by making money expensive by raising uh, these these interest rates, which they did. And um, you know, Jerome Rome, uh, Jerome Powell um, has you know really you know so far um, so far so good. He's he's put on a, a master class on you know how to uh, raise interest rates, bring inflation down without uh, pushing us into uh, a recession. Um, you know, I, I read an article um, in uh, um, from from CNN, and uh, a lot of the economists who were predicting that we were headed towards a recession are basically saying, you know what, we were wrong. Uh, one of Morgan Stanley's um, economists basically uh, says, you know what, I guess uh, we were wrong. Now, what could change? You know, what could change between August and uh, December, the end of this year? Um, you know, it's possible that, that something uh, basically happens to, to change the story uh, in the coming months, um, you know, and, you know, there, there could be, you know, there's always that, that looming risk, especially in a rising interest rate environment that a recession uh, uh, may come. Um, you know, we, uh, we meaning consumers, consumers uh, had um, a lot of cash in the coffers and a high savings rate. And we are seeing now that um, a lot of American um, uh, American people's savings rates have started to go down. You know, we got a, a lot of, of money was flowing during uh, COVID with the stimulus package and the uh, child tax credits and all of that stuff that, that was coming in. And we are starting to see that dwindle. And, of course, as that starts to dwindle, um, you know, there uh, is evidence that consumers are starting to feel real financial pain um, because um, of those savings going down. And then, of course, um, uh, prices, you know, still being high because the percentage of inflation is down. But, you know, I, I go to the store and I know that, you know, my couple hundred bucks that, that I spend every so often uh, at, the, uh, at the Kroger's up the street, um, it's just buying less and less. And so that's affecting consumers. And so, you know, who knows what's going to happen? All I know is this, the market and the economy it could fall apart tomorrow for all I know, but I'm not one of these prognosticators and I don't claim to know. All I know is that I don't know, right? But most advisors are what I call cognizant incompetence, that they know that they don't know. But here's a kicker. Their job is to act like they know. Right. Their job is to act like they know to keep you thinking and to keep you trading and to keep you on the edge of your seats and making, you know, I always say the wrong decision at the wrong time. And most consumers, investors, gamblers, speculators, they do it all the time. And it's interesting. But 
you know, I, I just uh, know that, um, you know, we were supposed to be in a recession. There was a consensus uh, amongst uh, all the experts. And, um, you know, so far that has not happened. And as a matter of fact, I kind of want to keep this um, this prediction uh, topic uh, moving along. So coming up next, we're going to... Uh, you know, really uh, put uh, these uh, predictors and these uh, prognosticators on Front Street. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Yeah, we know how you feel, Nina. Breeze <laughs> drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, All right. it's a new day. Nina Simone. That's right. It's a Feeling new good. For me. Yeah, it's a new dawn. Came out of 1965. Okay. For me. A uh, Billboard top hit in the U.S. Okay. Top 40 hit in the U.K. Not bad. It's a lot of play now. You hear yeah. Like all the time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nina Simone, good stuff. Real good stuff. Yeah. Like Nina Simone. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. That Nina Simone song got me a little mellow, you know. <laughs> the retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Put in your information, and you will get a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right, so uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, how these... Pundits, these experts, these gurus uh, on uh, Wall Street, and mainly that you see through that magical box, um, you know, in your living rooms, aka the uh, the TV, um, the high definition 4K um, TVs that most people have, smart TVs um, that most people have, is that uh, you know you listen to those folks, and a lot of um, average individual investors make decisions based on uh, what they say. Um, but let's talk about this real quick. Um, so you're watching that magical box in your living room, right? And there is a TV network that's dedicated to fortune telling. So every day it features highly educated people who strongly believe that they can predict the future. Remember Miss Cleo? Miss Cleo, the, the, the TV psychic? You know, that she would offer uh, their, her prophecy. They do the same thing. And just like Miss Cleo, however, they are wrong about 80% of the time. However, despite their failures, viewers continue to watch. And even worse, like I said, they will stake their entire personal fortunes or retirement on that advice. Now, would you watch a network? Mm, you do, you know. A lot of a lot a lot of people do. Millions of people do. In fact, there's uh, two channels that I can think of right off the top of my head that do that. 
uh, Fox Business Channel and CNBC. Every day. Every day. All you got to do is turn them on, especially uh, really at any, any, any time of the day. Uh, 8 a.m., 7 a.m., noon on a weekday. Uh, they bring on one market expert after another to give out some sort of stock tip or some insight as to where the market is headed, right? And here's the reality. No one, and I mean no one, knows where investment markets are headed in the next week, the next month, or the next year. Now, if they did know, they wouldn't tell you that for free. In fact, they wouldn't tell you probably at all because that information will be far too valuable if they really knew it. So let's do this. Let's go all the way back to um, this. I don't know if it's middle school math or high school math. I don't don't know when people are learning these things. But um, if you remember um, transitive properties from math class, all right? Right, right, transitive properties. So basically it goes like this. You know, if, if A is greater than B, right, and then B is greater than C, then A is also greater than C, right? I'm following. Uh, no, no, you're not. I'll break it down another way. If Bill is taller than Mike okay. and Mike is taller than Jim, then Bill is also taller, taller than Jim. Yeah. Got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, pay uh, very close attention to this right here. And listeners, pay attention, all right? Listen up. All right. So, the market reacts to news. Do you agree? Yes. The market reacts yes. to news. Right? So every, basically every time stocks drop in price, or heck, or even if it goes up in price, but every time a stock drops in price, isn't there always some news event that's attributed to it? Um, you know, 9-11, uh, COVID, um, you know, the Fed raising interest rates, uh, or earnings, earnings reports being lower than expected, right? Um, bank failures, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the market reacts to news. Now, would you agree with this? That news is unpredictable. It's Cleo. I mean, it's, it's unpredictable. No, yes, yes. News is unpredictable. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, did you know that um, you know nine eleven? What would happen before it happened? Actually, no. I did. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, no. Of course yes. not. Did you know about COVID before it happened? No. Uh, like I said, Silicon Valley Bank. Did you know they were going to fail before it happened? Mm. Right. No. No one. No one knew. So, and in response to each of these events the stock market dropped and it dropped precipitously, right? Now, obviously, if you knew about these events a week before, you know, you probably would have acted on it and you could have made billions upon billions of dollars, right? So, we do agree. Now, listen to what I'm saying here, people. So, if news is unpredictable and market performance reacts to news, then market performance is unpredictable. The transitive property. See, I brought that full circle. You like that, right? So you might be saying, wait a minute, Marcus, wait a minute. So are you saying that when I'm watching Squawk Box on CNBC or when I'm watching Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business? Actually, I think she might be on regular Fox. Now. I don't know. Anyway, um, or I'm watching Jim Cramer. They really have no idea what they're talking about. They don't. Well, actually, yes, yes and no. I mean, obviously... Uh, Jim Cramer and these these folks, they, they, they know a lot of things, right? But so do a bunch of other traders, right? But everything they know is already factored into the stock price or the market. It's what they don't know, which is the future news 
which will drive stock prices either up or down, right? They are simply speculating as to what they think the news will be. And you know what? Sometimes they get it right, but most of the time they get it wrong, people. I mean, study after study show that active money managers, 80% of them fail to beat the benchmark of just in the S&P 500 or an index fund, a non-managed account, right? 80% of them don't do it, right? And then the 20% who happen to do in, 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 in a particular year, very few repeat the act, all right? It's just it's like this. It's like the, um, have you ever heard of the, um, um, the law of large numbers, right? Mm. If you don't know, okay, you don't know, good. So good, now I can, no. uh, I can explain it to you. All right, so, you know, say there's, you know, say we um, fill up, um, we're, in, we're in Louisville, so you fill up Papa John's, it's still Papa John's Stadium? Mm-hmm. Fill up Papa Cardinal John's Stadium. Cardinal right? Stadium, whatever, Cardinal Stadium, mm-hmm. right? 35,000 people, you put 35,000 people in there, right? Um, and everybody has a coin. They take a coin from their pocket and they flip it, right? On the flip of the coin, um, those who flipped heads will remain standing and those who flipped tails are going to sit down, right? So half of them... You know, half of them uh, hit uh, uh, heads, half of them hit, hit tails, and we say the ones who flip heads uh, get to stay, and the ones who uh, hit tails get to leave. So, all right, they flip it, you know, half hit it, so half are gone, right? Okay. Um, so, if we kept on doing that, uh, there would be a few people in there who hit heads, who would hit heads five to ten straight times, right? Now, here's the thing. Uh, the individuals who... Tossed heads 10 straight times. Now, are they an expert coin flipper? Do they somehow understand the gravitational properties between their quarter and their wrist and the Earth's rotation? Is it uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson out there doing it? No. Or were they just lucky? Think about it. Or were they just lucky? Now, speaking of that, guess how many uh, professional portfolio managers there are kind of basically out there? About Tens of thousands. About 35,000. Yeah. Yeah, right? And you know what? Um, actually, you know, over 2,000 of them work for Fidelity, for, for Fidelity alone. But, um, and, you know, someone, they do the same thing. They speculate. And sometimes they hit, right? The difference is that person who hits 10 times in a row, if it's a coin flipper, you call them lucky, right? However... If it is a successful stock picker who hit, happened to hit 10 times in a row, you know what you call them? You basically call them gurus, right? You call them gurus. You know, and again, I, I'm, I'm conceding the fact that these people are smart, right? These people are smart. You know, Jim Cramer's smart. Maria, Maria Bartiromo, I mean, I don't know if she's still doing the, uh, uh, the financial stuff. Um, it's the only name I could come up with. But, um, you know, uh, a smart person too. You know, they went to good schools, so forth, you know, so forth and so on. But all I want to say is they are just speculating and just predicting what is going to happen. No one really knows, and anyone who prognosticates that they know what's going to happen, they don't. And like I said earlier, they are cognizant incompetence, right? They know that they don't know, but their very job, their very livelihood depends on the fact that they have to act like they know. They really don't. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen at all. You know, and 
I'm not Nostradamus. I don't have an algorithm that a lot of people say, hey, you know what? I'll feed it into my computer system and the algorithm will tell me what to do. Now, they don't know because the market, just like I said, the market reacts to news. News is unpredictable. Thus, the market is unpredictable. Uncertainty, people, is the only certainty. There is no secret. It's all about, hey, let me just make sure that I, I, I have a good diversified portfolio. I, I'm, I'm investing to my risk tolerance. And, you know, we, you know, working with a good fiduciary advisor and making sure that when I want to retire, I can. All right. Coming up next, we are going to dive into your emails and we may even do a tax corner. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. This is a good song. So this is Sia. Can't see her. <laughs> uh, this is Unstoppable. Came out in 2016. Okay. A top 30 hit in the U.S. Okay. And uh, it did well in the U.K. Okay. See, is the person who wears a mask. Does she still wear a mask? Remember, she never showed her face. <laughs> she, her hair went down over her face. I think. I don't know if she wore mask masks. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Artist. You can see her now. Yeah. Artist or anyway. She was behind the scenes for a long time, writing, she, she writing a, a lot of songs, yeah. pop songs. Yep. There you go. All right. Welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you got to do is go to Warren. Wealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Put in your information and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, So request that retirement rescue game plan. All right. Um, We're going to jump into some emails. Let's do it. All right. Yes, it's Hey listeners, if you have a question for Marcus, just visit warrenwealth.net, click on the Ask Marcus button, send us your question, and we might answer it on the show. Again, go to warrenwealth.net, click on the Ask Marcus button, send us your question, and we might answer it on the show. Okay, today, uh, the first question is from Barbara. She says, I've always contributed to my 401k at work. But if you're saying that taxes are going up in the future, should I change that and contribute to the Roth 401k instead? Um, That is a good question. And um, actually, I'm I'm asked that all the time. I'm I'm, I'm always asked a couple of things because I talk about um, the three tax buckets, the taxable bucket, the tax deferred bucket, and the tax free bucket, which is where that uh, Roth uh, would fall into. And I'm asked one, so Marcus, you're saying that uh, the Roth 401k and the Roth IRA, I have money in there. I don't ever have to pay taxes. Uh, so if taxes go up, I'm free and clear. And I'm like, yep. They're like, all right, well, should I move all of my, uh, uh, should I take everything out of my traditional 401k or in my traditional IRA and put it in there? And I always want to say pump the brakes a little bit because when you move money from that traditional uh, over to a Roth via a conversion um, it is a taxable event. Now, you're asking if you should uh, just start to contribute 
to uh, your Roth 401k. Um, actually, he says, should I change that and just and, and contribute to the Roth 401k? So there's two things that uh, that you need to understand, Barbara. First, if you already have a traditional 401k, if you change it to a Roth, that is basically converting it uh, to that Roth 401k, which would be a taxable event. Uh, I had a gentleman who came in, um, I want to say a couple of years ago, uh, with a pretty significant tax problem because uh, his company uh, had a traditional 401k and they also had a Roth 401k option. And I don't even think he, he, he listened to, I don't know if he, I don't know what made him do it. I don't know if he went to one of our workshops and they just went and did it on his own or, um, you know, he, he heard someone else. Anyway, he decided to take his whole traditional 401k and just change it to the Roth 401k, which, by the way, is a taxable event. And he had oh, well over six figures in there. And when he made that conversion, he changed it over to the Roth, that those six figures uh, just basically piled on top of all his other income for that year. And he had a significant tax bill, which, by the way, he did not have the money to pay for. So he had to go on an installment plan. And then he had penalties and interest that that's continued to accrue. And it was a mess, right? So um, I probably would not just change it. Um, uh, I know that was part of the question, change it from the traditional to the, to the Roth 401k. Now what you can do, um, since you're still working and, um, you want, and you're going to still be contributing to that 401k is you can now have your future contributions go into that Roth, uh, 401k. Now, what you have to understand is this is since the Roth 401k is after tax money, you're not getting that same tax break uh, that you did with your traditional 401k. Let me give you an example. So, so say you make $100,000, right? And you're putting $10,000 into your traditional 401k. Your taxable income is now $90,000, right? Because you get that tax break for putting money into a traditional 401k. Now, if you switch that over to the Roth 401k, you make $100,000, you put $10,000 in that Roth 401k, your taxable income is still $100,000. So you need to understand that. Now, um, what you're uh, thinking about, Barbara, is the long term. So you know that uh, you're putting after-tax money into that uh, Roth 401k. So as you progress through retirement, if tax rates go up, whatever it is, you don't have to worry about ever paying tax. So... um, you know, I would, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of contemplate, look at, uh, you know, your your tax situation to see if you uh, can, um, if you need that that tax break that you've been getting. If not, you know, then you might want to look at the possibility of converting to that Roth. Obviously, if you have any questions, you can go to warrenwealth.net and we can schedule a quick fifteen minute phone call, and I can help you out. All right, what else we got? We do have another email, but since we're on the topic of taxes, I wanted to bring up a question that I think you get asked a lot also and that I see a lot even in those uh, Facebook groups that I'm in where they talk about taxes and retirement um, is that um, recently, you know, at your workshop, you're talking about the the tax-deferred bucket, the the traditional IRAs, uh, traditional 401ks, those accounts where you get, like you said, the tax break on the way in so you don't pay taxes on the funds when you contribute. It grows without you paying any taxes on it. And then you've got this big pile of money and the IRS is looking at it 
And it's like those cartoons with the dollars coming at dollar signs coming out of their eyes. They see it and they're like, man, look at all this uh, money that has never been taxed. What are we going to do with it? That tax deferred bucket that you call a ticking tax time bomb. So you talk about that on your show uh, or in your workshops also. And you talk about how, hey, in the future, you know, what's going to happen to tax rates? Are they going to go up? Are they going to go down? We're in a low tax rate environment right now. The IRS sees this lump sum of money that's never been taxed, what's going to happen to tax rates down the line? So you start putting uh, uh, these facts out there and you always get the question, well, man, do I need to just take all that money out right now? So that is my question. If, if somebody's got a 401k, if they've got an IRA, traditional IRA, and they've got, and they're looking at it and they're like, wow, that's a lot of money in there. And, you know, taxes right now are, are pretty low. I don't know what's going to happen down the line. It might go up. Should I just take it out now? Should I spend spend it? Start spending it down? Should I? What should I do with it? Yeah, the the answer is um, no. Um, you know, and and, and it it really you know depends on how much is in there, what your uh, taxable income is, uh, what income you have currently coming in. But generally, the you have to understand that any money that you pull out of a, the tax deferred bucket, traditional IRA, traditional four hundred one k, four hundred three b, four fifty seven, simple SEP. Any money that you pull out is a taxable event, and it gets piled on on top of all your other income. So if you have rental income, W-2 income, you got a pension, that money is going to uh, just flow right on top of that. Now, what are the consequences of that? Well, it can throw you into a higher tax bracket, and you can have um, a tax bill that you may or may not be able to afford uh, to pay. That's the biggest risk. That is why... Um, we always suggest working with a good fiduciary advisor and, and scratch that, you know, not, not just a good fiduciary advisor, but a good fiduciary advisor who also uh, knows about taxes and is an expert in tax planning. Um, and there are very few that are out there. Um, wait a minute, you're listening to one who knows the financial planning side and is also an expert in tax planning. I'm a tax enrolled agent. Um, D is a tax enrolled agent. We have, uh, we have a tax enrolled agents on staff who know what's going on. So the, basically I always say the left hand always knows what the right hand is doing. When we're talking about taking distributions from an IRA or from a retirement account, we're looking at it from a tax angle. Um, and so that puts our clients in the best possible position to make sure that they pay the lowest taxes before retirement, and even throughout retirement. Okay, let's right. go what to else? Joan, who says, I've been contributing to my company 401k since I started working many years ago. I don't think I've made any changes to how it's invested since I started working. Should I make changes? And if so, what changes should I make? Um, well, it, it, it depends. And actually, this is, this is what I see a lot. Um, I see people who are close to retirement, um, you know, 65, 60, 65, and they'll come in for a consultation and uh, they'll bring in their um, retirement statements or 401ks with, you know, their company retirement plan statements. And um, I give them a risk questionnaire to basically find out their risk profile. And eight times out of 10, they are fairly, they're a lot more conservative 
than what their, uh, than the investments that they have in that 401k or company retirement plan. Now, why is that? It basically starts like this. Hey, you start working for a company, uh, they hand you over uh, the benefits package, and one of the benefits they have is a 401k, and you look at it, you know, you're uh, just starting your job, or you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, you know, years old, whatever it may be, and you basically say, you know what, I'm going to allocate it into these funds, and generally, you know, you're going to work there, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, um, at least uh, have a working career. And so generally you're a little more aggressive and then you set it and then you forget it. And so as you get closer to retirement, you should be bringing a lot of that risk off the table, but most don't. And it can have detrimental harm if something happens right before you're going to retire. For people who wanted to retire in 2008, right? If they didn't change and, and minimize the risk that was in that portfolio, bam, 2008 happens and you look, the market's down 40, 50%. And now your portfolio's down 40, 50%. And now you have a decision to make. Do I work longer or do I just retire with less? You wanted to retire in uh, 2020 and then bam, COVID hit, dropped the market 30% in, in 15 days. And then you're scared. And then you're like, man, let me take all my money out. I don't know what to do. The market rebounded, but at the time, no one knew it was going to rebound, and they were worried. And so as you get closer to retirement, Joan, you should look at the risk in your portfolio and start to uh, uh, lower that risk so you're not subject to a market downturn when you want to retire. So there you go. All right. Thank you, uh, D, for the... Uh, Emails uh, coming up next. We're going to have some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, that's right. This is uh, Charlie's Angels. Love that movie. You were the only one. Love both of them. First and the second. All right. So this is Destiny's Child. Um, Independent Women, part one. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember part two. I don't think I remember part two. But uh, this came out in 2000. Uh, it was on the soundtrack of Charlie's Angels. Not the old, not the 70s Charlie's Angels that um, I grew up with, uh, but the 2000 uh, Lucy that you grew up with. Cameron Diaz <laughs> and my girl Drew. Number one in the U.S., number one in the U.K. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Independent Women, not a, a bad Independent women. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Request that game plan, and you will get a physical packet of information. You'll get a copy of my two books, a few easy-to-read financial reports, and you'll get access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement all you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. And that information is sent to you free of charge. Yes, free of charge to your front door. All right. You know what it's time for, folks? It's time to get into some news you can use. Well, speaking of independent women, women have owned this summer 
course, at the top of the show, you mentioned the commercial success of the movie Barbie, which has grossed over $1 billion at the box office uh, worldwide. Never heard of it. Uh, then we've got, uh, you know, Beyonce with her Renaissance tour. Her uh, It's a world tour that oh, she's yeah. been on. Uh, when she uh, started the tour in Sweden, it caused the inflation in the country to go up. And then we've got Taylor Swift. Oh, who blame it on Beyonce. <laughs> the Swedes are upset. Taylor Swift, with her heiress tour, is likely to become the world's first to bring in $1 billion over more than 100 shows. Local economies are also reaping benefits from these world tours, uh, which is no, actually I, noted by the Federal Reserve. I heard about that. Uh, uh, Taylor Swift's tour, for example, boosted Philadelphia area's hotel industry because uh, women are traveling to go see these shows. More than eighty percent, and yes. then more than eighty percent of people who bought tickets to see both Taylor Swift and Beyonce purchased more than two tickets, and then purchases of three or more adult tickets represented twenty-seven percent of the Barbie movie ticket orders. Wow, um, that's um, yeah, because um, what are they? The the Swifties and yes. The beehive. The beehive. That's yeah, right. There you go. I mean, they, right. I mean, those are called fanatics. And um, uh, I read that um, Taylor Swift in L.A. You know, six sold-out shows in L.A. Yeah. has generated uh, hundreds of millions of dollars for the local um, economy. The local economy. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah, there and plenty of women seeing the shows multiple times. Like I said, traveling from city to city to go see the show several times. Yeah. yeah that's uh, summer of women. Yes, it is. Good, good for them. Good, good for the women out there. Really, they rule the world. That's right. All right. What else we got? All right. Well, CPI reports are showing that the rate of inflation increases has slowed down in most countries, but food inflation still remains high and could continue to accelerate. And I think that's a common misconception, like or something that you have to wrap your mind around, because just because the rate of inflation is going down does not mean that prices are starting to go down. Well, I, I, I think that's why, um, you know, consumers, the American people, when, yes, inflation has, overall inflation has gone down, and, and, and it's gone down uh, in the U.S. way more than any of the, of the other countries. Yes. But people aren't hearing that. Why? It's just it's like I said earlier. The fact that when you go to the grocery store, all that matters. And this just takes me back to what I always say about, hey, when you're watching these financial shows, CNBC, Fox Business, whatever it may be, and you're hearing about the stock market being up and the economy being up or down or whatever it is, none of that matters. What matters is your personal economy. I say it all the time. That's all that matters is your personal economy. Um, And it's the same thing. Pretty much what you're talking about. Hey, mm-hmm. they're saying, hey, inflation is, is down. Hey, it's, compared to other countries, our inflation is, is, is the lowest. That's fantastic. But in my personal economy, I know that, like I said, when I go to the grocery store, my 200 bucks when I go spend it, uh, my, uh, my basket of groceries is starting to shrink as far as what I get for that $200. Right. And that's all that matters. Yes. And when we're looking at these comparisons, we're comparing it to what it was in the prior year, which it was up in the prior year an abnormal amount and so just because we're going back down to what are the normal rates doesn't mean that prices are coming down it just means that the rate of increases is slowing down yeah it's 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 like the stock market don't be fooled people open your eyes it's like the stock market so when um so earlier uh this year uh wall street and the folks told us that hey we are in a bull market 
you know, the market and a bull market means that the market is up 20% from its low point. Now, that sounds great. We all love when the market goes up. That means, you know, there's a potential for people to make money. However, if you worry about your personal economy, 20%, a bull market, 20% from its low point, that doesn't mean that your account values are up. As a matter of fact, um, when the arithmetic of loss that I always talk about, when you lose 20%, you need to make more than 20% just to get back to even. Right. So if you lose 20 percent, you need about 25 percent, by the way, just to get back to even. And they're not even taking into account that they're just saying, hey, we're up 20 percent from its low point. And so, um, you know, there's uh, there's this this uh, this magic shell game of, you know, the uh, with these numbers and percentages and the dollars that, you know, people uh, that they throw out there and you're like, hey, the market's up, market's up. And a lot of people, all, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll look at their statements and they're like, the market's supposed to be up, but I'm still not back to even yet. And that is called the arithmetic of loss. Arithmetic of loss, people. Yeah. All right, what else you got? So. Okay. The, <laughs> speaking of the market, the dot-com bubble supposedly taught investors to be wary of stock market rallies powered by a technological boom or maybe we haven't learned our lesson yet because artificial intelligent uh, has artificial intelligence has sent tech stocks soaring this year shares of nvidia the graphics chip maker are at the heart of the tech stock frenzy the shares have nearly tripled uh year to date and the nasdaq 100 has increased 38 percent like you mentioned s p 500 is up about 20 percent for the year now N- nvidia is now the fifth largest u.s company by market value uh uh and it's a primary that's a primary producer of semiconductors yep. uh, backing artificial intelligence systems. We also uh, saw some of that AI hype drive up uh, pr- stock prices in meta platforms up 154% this year. Yep. Amazon up 65% this year. Microsoft also up 35%. Of course, they poured money into ChatGPT. Yeah. The 10 biggest stocks in the S&P 500 now comprise more than a third of the market. And this type of market concentration doesn't always bode well for individual investors who get it, caught up in the hype. Look, it, it, it's it, it's like I said earlier, no one's has an algorithm and no one is Notre Dame, right? So no one knew that this AI uh, wave was coming. If they did, people would have had NVIDIA, Microsoft a lot earlier. Right. No one knew that AI was going to catch on and chat GPT because if they did, they would be in it and they would be making lots and lots of money. Now, of course, when the wave and the craze hits, that is, of course, when me as a financial advisor and a financial planner get all the calls from clients and people saying, hey, can you get us into AI? We need some AI stocks. And... Saw that with crypto. So, yes, saw that with see the same thing with everything. Dot com. And if we were around during the tulip craze, yes. we would have <laughs> saw it then too. But the bottom line is people are chasing returns. Main Street always chases returns. Wall Street, which is the house, the house casino, they always win. Um, and like I said, some people get lucky, right? Flip the coin 10 times in a row and it lands on heads 10 times in a row. It doesn't make them gurus. It just makes them lucky. That's what you have to understand. But... You know, no one, they, people never learn their lessons. They're always trying to, to hit a lick and, 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 and get on the come up. But This time it's different. 
yeah, this, yeah, this time is different. This time I know, Mark. This time is it. Anyway, thank you, D, for that news you can use. And now, folks, it is time to get to what you all have been waiting for, which is the news you can't use. Well, Burger King in Thailand recently introduced a new addition to their menu. Whopper, 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 junior bacon. No, a no. real cheeseburger. Oh, you thought right. you you thought you knew what a cheeseburger was. Yeah, I do. But let me tell you, delicious. This is what uh, Burger King Thailand says a cheeseburger is. The unusual burger consists of a uh, twenty slices of American cheese stacked between two buns. Twenty slices. Twenty slices of cheese. <laughs> That's in between a, two buns. It's a cheeseburger. Well, that's a grilled no cheese sauce, sandwich. No pickles. No meat patty. Just well, that's grilled cheese. A that's cheese. Called, no, it's called a grilled. Burger. No, the burger. Now you got to take that out. The burger is, at least as I'm concerned, is the meat portion. Unless you're vegan and then it's the black bean, fake meat, tofu version. But cheese and, and bread, that's a... Real cheese sandwich. Not according to Burger King Thailand. Okay, Thailand. Whatever. All right, what else? <laughs> a knockoff Louis Vuitton sold for thousands of dollars at a recent auction. Yeah. And you can barely see it with the naked eye. That it's that it's what? It is a microscopic handbag. Oh my gosh, this is a ridiculous story. Sold for sixty three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. And it comes with a microscope so that you can see the bag. Because it is tight, microscopic, literally. All right. Microscopic. See, I mean, these rich folks. And a knockoff of Louis Vuitton. It's not even made by Louis Vuitton. Well, that's what they get. It doesn't matter. That's ridiculous anyway. I mean, people, like, I, I, it's just. Smaller than a grain of sea salt. People. Narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle. Really? $63,000. That's, yeah. That's. That's stupid. Comes with the microscope. Yeah, and that was, you know, that, that was definitely, definitely news that I could have gone without, you know, but, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, we all know what the music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week. And most importantly, take it easy. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.